Welcome to The Tech Between Us, a podcast that takes a look at the past, present, and future of some of today's most influential technologies. Hi, I'm Raymond Yen, your host and director of technical content at Mauser Electronics, a leading global distributor of semiconductors and electronic components. Today, we're talking about a topic that I'm very enthusiastic about, RISC-V. My first exposure to RISC-V was at a conference back in 2019. While some parts of it weren't quite ready for primetime then, I was immediately struck by the possibilities of the open source ISA and more so by the passion of the speakers and the people working on it. Fast forward three years, and now hardly a week goes by without someone announcing a new application or core or partnership using RISC-V. That's why I'm excited to be talking today with Mark Himmelstein, the CTO of RISC-V International, the governing body of RISC-V, about the latest advancements in the RISC-V specification. Mark, it's great to talk to you again. Welcome to The Tech Between Us. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to, to be here, and uh, I look forward to the conversation. As an intro, can you tell me a little bit about what RISC-V International does and, and kind of your role as CTO um, within that uh, organization? Absolutely. So RISC-V uh, is uh, sort of the the last in a family of uh, reduced instruction set computers that were started in the 80s in Berkeley uh, with Dave Patterson. Um, and, uh, y- you know, it, it begat uh, the spark with a C from some microsystems. And then there was uh, RISC-2, uh, RISC-3, RISC-4. And come around 2010, um, uh, Chris Asanovich was... Um, uh, wanting to do some work, I think, you know, with Vector or some, some other, you know, kind of instructions that he didn't have really an instruction set to play with. So he decided to create one. And uh, he did that with the help of his advisor, Dave Patterson, uh, and with his, uh, he was already a PhD. So uh, with his, his professor and with uh, the help of his his students, um, you know, most most notably people like uh, Andrew Waterman and uh uh, Yonsip Lee and and uh, John Hauser and so uh, so they started in doing this just primarily as a way to run experiments to do things about various in- instruction extensions and th- things like that um, and then it started picking up momentum and uh, around 2015 they started making uh, it possible to put a a nonprofit together. Uh, originally the RISC-V Foundation, now RISC-V International, originally based in the United States, now in Switzerland. And, um, and they, they immediately got incredible interest from a lot of people. Uh, you know, it, we have everybody from like, you know, Google and Amazon using it to Alibaba and Huawei and uh, Western Digital and Seagate and NVIDIA. And so there's just, um, you know, tons of people. There's something like 2,500 members. Uh, close to 300 uh, institutional or corporate members, and the rest are individual members. Uh, we probably have three to 500 active uh, members in our technical groups, uh, with uh, probably uh, somewhere around 50 leaders. So, so it's it's a fairly big project. It w- will likely become the second largest open source project in a very short period of time, next to Linux. And we look at ourselves really as the uh, the the Linux of of open source hardware. Um, and and for me, you know, I was brought in about a year and a half ago because uh, you know the organization had had grown up through some academics and through some sort of uh, um, uh, you know um, evolving 
uh, you know, processes and stuff. And so when I came in, um, they had not produced a single spec in 2020. Uh, in 2019, they, they had done a bunch. That was the original stuff with mm-hmm. multiply, divide, add, subtract, load, store, branch, all that, those kind of things. Um, right. Yeah. Your basic extensions. Yeah. Basic extensions. And then, you know, they had all these things they've been working on for years, vector for six years, uh, bit manipulation for, oh my four, gosh. for four years, um, uh, you know, uh, crypto stuff for about two years uh, and so on and so forth. And so, uh, you know, I've. I've, you know, they fondly, you know, when I got interviewed, they said, you know, this is herding cats, right? And so I have a history of herding cats. I ran Solaris for Sun. Uh, about 2,500 people around Sun who contributed to Solaris and only 500 were in my organization. So I was used to this sort of community cajoling, you know, finding consensus, pushing things slowly, working on getting the left hand talk to the right hand kind of thing. And so the first thing I did was when I came in, I said, hey, look, um, how do you know you're done? And there, there was no answer. And so, so I, I said, look, okay, we're going to have something called the definition of done. And then, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person who likes to try to help people learn how to fish. I said, look, we're going to have one. I'll help you make it, but you guys have to make it because you have to live with it. And so there's, there's probably about, been about 15, 20 policies put in place, everything from, you know, making sure there isn't encumbered information in there to, you know, making sure that we have a fast track version to do things quicker. Uh, and so we put all this governance in place and then we had to execute. And so we had to uh, attract some more leaders. We had to go ahead and figure out how we're going to get things done because, you know, the ISA guys aren't the same as the software guys. The software guys are used to this contributor culture that, you know, something like by 2014, 80% of the Linux developers were being paid by their companies to work full-time on Linux. Um, and here you have uh, somebody who's designing an ISA. There are very few of them in the world, let alone in each company. They not only have to do the ISA, they have to go ahead and design the chips. They have to go ahead and design the products that use the chips. And so there's a really big demand on their time. And so we realized very quickly that the architects were needed in order to put the ISA together, the instruction set together, but they weren't the folks who put all the ecosystem together, the software ecosystem, the upstream, the, the compilers, the operating systems, the hypervisors, the libraries, and, and so on and so forth. And so we split those things out. We uh, got leaders in place to go drive the software piece. And we, you know, we started out with one group in software. We're now at like 15. Um, and, and same thing's true in security. We started out with like kind of one group there. And we're, we're now up to, to about a half a dozen. Um, and, and so we got leaders to go ahead and drive the stuff. But then we also needed people to do the actual work. And so some of the work were being done by the groups who were putting the ISA together. But we also created a development partner program where we get institutions to, um, you know, have some combination of students and professionals and professors uh, to take on big pieces like uh, the compilers for, you know, reduced size instructions and stuff like that. So people take on those pieces, architecture tests, uh, formal models, compilers, operating systems, proof of concepts so on and so forth. And it's been a very successful program. Uh, we, we're always looking for more people. So anybody who wants help at risk5.org, you can, you can, you can pony up. And, and I mean, look, it's very exciting to be in the ground floor of, of this uh, incredible momentum. This year alone, anecdotally, like we, we don't require people report, but anecdotally, we know there's probably going to be an excess of 2 billion cores of RISC-V shipped this year. 
Yeah, and that's amazing. I mean, given the fact that just, you know, in 2014, like you said, 2015, there, I mean, that was really the first public forum for Risk Five. That's just, that's absolutely unprecedented. And everybody that I've talked to about Risk Five, you know, the various partner companies, the member companies, um, you know, I mean, everybody is so passionate about Risk Five and, and, and the desire to really see it moving forward. I mean, what do you attribute that to? I mean, is, I mean, I mean, there have been communities for other things that have, you know, certainly, you know, done things. But really, I think, you know, um, like you said, short of Linux, that I mean, there, I really haven't seen this level of passion for in, in any other community. Well, I, you know, I've got to tell you, we stand on the sh- shoulders of giants. I mean, we, we really um, enjoy our position in history. You know, Linux did a lot of groundbreaking work in, in community development and, and, and how can the contributor culture works. Um, you, you know, ARM x86, Power, MIPS, um, you know, Spark with a C, uh, you know, a bunch of these things. They, they've all done a bunch of work to get us here to this point in history. And so, so if you, if, if you had to say what, what I would say is the top three reasons why people care. Number one, uh, the price is uh, attractive. <laughs> it's, 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 it's free, right? And, and people have kind of gotten used to not having to pay for the basic uh, technology when it comes to Linux. So Linux really set that paradigm in place. And, you know, people make, make money by selling products using Linux or they sell services using Linux or, or things like that. Um, and so, so that is, is absolutely number one. Number two, very clearly in my mind, and, and I think, you know, I share, you know, Krista and Dave Patterson's view that it's about flexibility. Not only don't you have to pay for the use of the thing, if you want to go ahead and do something specific, you don't have to pay for customization. And you do have to do that with other architectures. And some things are not allowed in other architectures. We, we don't care. We have a non-standard extension, the X extension. Anybody can do anything they want. It's qualified by the JEDEC ID. And so if you're doing something, especially in embedded or IoT or automotive embedded or, you know, and any of these things, even edge computing, where it's more targeted, less general purpose computing, um, you, you don't care about the general purpose stuff. You can go ahead and do exactly what you need. You can optimize for power. You can optimize for space. You can optimize for speed of a particular application or a particular ML kind of thing down the bottom. And and that's that flexibility. Uh, in my mind, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not sure everybody agrees with this, but in my mind, it's, it's almost even more attractive than than the original price um, thing. And then the and, and then the final thing is really hard to quantify, but there's a pride of ownership around RISC-V. It is the first uh, ISA of this magnitude that was born and grown in, in open source and in the community. Right. Um, the rest were kind of like given, like they were already done, you know, open power, open MIPS, um, the, 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 the Spark stuff. So, so they were handed over and everybody had this fear that if the companies who originated them disappeared, those, those efforts would disappear. Um, people have no fear about it, about that with us. I mean, there, there is no 800 pound gorilla, uh, you, you know, the, the, the amount of people who are leaders are fairly distributed. The, the members are very distributed pretty evenly between North America, Europe and, and APAC. And so there's a, a broad, broad membership base who want to see this thing succeed. And the thing that keeps us together, the thing that motivates everybody to be a community is 
They want to innovate. They don't want to duplicate. I mean, how many times do you have to implement, a, a, you know, an addition, right? Like, you know, you don't have to. It's it's really very clear that uh, it's, um, uh, you know, there, there's just this sort of set of stuff that we know how to do. You know, it's been done for 30 years or 50 years. Um, now, we have, and, and again, we have taken advantage of our position in history, and we've seen what p- other people have done, for example, in Vector, you know, our Vector, the, right, which right. was just uh, uh, ratified a couple weeks ago, is 100, in- oh, that's terrific. 100 instructions instead of 2,000 instructions or 400 instructions. And it has things like variable length registers, which is, is, which is pretty unique, and it has all the other things you might expect with masking and, you know, strides and all that kind of stuff that you, you've come to, to expect in Vector. So, so we are able to go ahead and do something that's really cool, uh, help our members, and, and we're totally member-driven. It's what they're interested right. in working on that we do. We can't do everything, and we tell them that. I mean, it, it may even be like the bandwidth of the architectural review folks or, or the people who are doing the architecture tests or stuff like that. So the board has been very uh, clear about what the priorities are. We, we had the big four this year, Vector. A thing called CryptoScaler, which I can talk about in a, in a little bit. Uh, bit manipulation, which was a catch-up, and then uh, a whole bunch of high, of, of um, supervisor uh, and and privilege mode stuff, including hypervisor, which was one of our biggest gaps. And we nailed them all. Fifteen ratified specs two weeks ago, zero in 2020. That's amazing. And this is all, I mean, fifteen ratified specs, ratified extensions in 2021. Uh, so, so it's actually 44 extensions. We group them together. So there's, we, we call them ratification packages. So for example, when you do vector, there's a whole bunch of little extensions included and you can pick and choose if you want. Um, we, we do have this concept coming out this year called profiles, uh, which are the set of, uh, you know, extensions and instructions that work together very much like the generational uh, stuff on other architectures that may be named by, you know, like V7, V8 or, or, you know, uh, some new uh, symbolic name like Xeon or what, whatever. And so, so, so we... <laughs> I think that one's taken. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. Is they, they have their own right. naming conventions for this. Uh, sure, but, right. But the concept of having a group of instructions that have been blessed for a year that you send towards the distros, you send towards the upstream projects, right. uh, that we hadn't had before. And, and we, we mm-hmm. do have that in uh, beginning phases now. will be ratified and hopefully in, in Q1 next year. Uh, and the same mm-hmm. thing's true with operating system uh, standards as well. So things like ACPI or discovery or things like that. So you can actually have people like Red Hat create a single distro for RISC V and have it run from implementation to implementation for an, you know for a rich OS application, uh, general purpose computing platform. Sound like you guys are uh, extremely busy. Uh, exciting, you know. Um, it, it it's been uh, just a whirlwind, and I'm very grateful for everybody who's pitched in and helped us. And I I think that um, you know, in some ways, I think it, it, it's it's great for humanity. It's great for the species. We're not duplicating effort and wasting you know resources across the globe with stuff and it, it breaks down barriers between countries it breaks down barriers between companies it breaks down barriers between cultures and time zones so so um it it, it really is a um 
an amazing effort, and I think they're going to be looking at this for a hundred years, watching how this thing happened. Yeah, and, and that was was, was you know, one of the, the the most interesting things. Looking at the membership, looking at the um, the people who are participating in you know in this in the development of the standards. Um, like you said, there's no 800 pound gorilla, but even then, there are you know it's a an incredible mix of corporations, big corporations, into you know the you know NXP, you know microchip. All the way to, I mean, there's universities and academics and just individuals, um, you know, by the thousands who are just interested in contributing their their knowledge and their time to, you know, to, to, to the greater whole. Agreed. Yeah, and, and I, you know, once again, I don't think I've ever seen that level of collaboration between those three entities before. Yeah, you know, I think it's... Um it's a it's an area that has been dying for something like this for some time and so you know and as you see success occur in people deploying products with it or or making sure that the upstream projects are there or are creating services or EA tools or you know the whole ecosystem and economy around risk 5 i mean ultimately people have to make money on this for this to be a viable thing in the world and as you see more of it it just attracts other people because not everybody's a first mover. And as they see the first movers be successful and put out a product based on risk five in a very flexible and easy way, uh, then, you know, they, they go ahead and, and say, well, Hey, we're going to try something. We'll try something small. We'll start small and then we'll grow it from there. And that's what you see happening all over the place. And, and, and by the way, in, in every single piece of what I would call computer science, um, you know, wearables, uh, industrial controllers, disk drives, um, you know, PCIe controllers, you know, both for like ML, for graphics, um, you know, edge computers, uh, cloud computers, enterprise computers, HPC. Uh, I, I don't have it right here this second, but I, I have a, a soldering iron from pine64.org and, and it's got a RISC-V processor in it. So I'd like to say everything from soldering irons to supercomputers. One of the most influential members of the RISC-V community is Sci-Fi, a leading developer of RISC-V intellectual property and development platforms. And if you're an application programmer looking to get started working with RISC-V, Sci-Fi has developed the Hi5 Unmatched Linux development platform featuring a 5-core RISC-V processor with 8 gig of DDR4 memory. The board is in a standard mini ITX form factor with an ATX power supply connector and includes the usual PC expansion capabilities such as PCIe Gen 3 and dual M.2 slots. Learn more by visiting mauser.com slash EIT22-1. You've talked a lot about, you know, all these, you know, these passionate people in the, their areas of expertise. You know, where would you say that um, are some primary areas that you guys are focusing on from, from the from an extension and a technical organization standpoint? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And, and look, you, you know, when I came in, there was this big backlog. I mean, these things, as I told you, that we've been working on for right. years. And, you know, part of my job was to help the teams be successful and get them out the door. Um, right. We prioritize stuff so we could do something. Uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. often when you don't prioritize, you do everything poorly. And and luckily, we we have a board and a steering committee that's interested in doing that. We set the priorities very clearly, and we accomplish things. We made progress this year. Mm -hmm. We didn't clear out the black backlog. 
There's still <laughs> there's still more. I'm sure there's quite a bit. Yeah, so there's still more left. I would say the first half of next year is going to be dominated by the backlog. Um, uh-huh. So things like Pack SimD or Bfloat 16 or you know there's there's just a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be done there. But beyond that, uh, we're having discussions at all levels about the industries that care about using Risk Five and making sure that we have all the pieces they need in order to be successful. So if you're talking about, you know, there's automotive embedded as opposed to the back end, uh, automotive embedded, you need the functional safety stuff, right? You know, if you're, if you're, if you're talking about um, things like AI, ML, or graphics, you need more matrix operations. Um, and so uh, you're going to see us do some top-down direction, top-down prioritization from the board of directors and from the steering committee down to the the 44 groups underneath it uh, to say, look, um, if you have a choice between A and B, we're telling you A has priority. doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to work on B, but if there's a conflict in resources, uh, we know know where we're investing consistently so we get something done. And and look, you know, that's one of the things that's a challenge in being part of a community. You have to have patience, patience more than you might have in a corporate world. It's not like I can, you know, when I was running Solaris, I could tell people what to do. I can't tell people what to do here. I could just tell them what I would do if it were my choice, right? And I can tell them, I can help them, you know, and, and what can I do to, to facilitate it and, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, so it, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a, a big, um, you know, bunch of years here. Um, you know, the first one, you know, very clearly 2021, but 2022 is going to be jam-packed. Um, and I think it, it will, you know, as we, evolve our concepts about what is needed for members to be successful in certain of these um, uh, deployments, certain of these workloads, uh, then you'll see that that fall into 2023, 2024. Uh, and, um, you know, again, totally driven by the members about what they think is important. Yeah. And that's once again, I mean, like you said, it's it's the, the community drives the priorities, community drives all the work. Agreed. So um, yeah, and 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 in talking to our customers, um, you know, both the embedded, you know, the embedded hardware guy and the, the application program. I mean, security is is um, you know, especially security at that design level is becoming more and more of a a, a must have. Uh, and I know you guys um, have you know multiple groups working on security issues. Can you tell, talk a little bit about kind of the direction you guys are taking um, for you know extensions related to security and both at you know the, the embedded and at the application level? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, you know I've been in this business for a while. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And and you know in the early '80s, like the only thing we knew about security was you know the paper and how to break uh, Unix, right? You know, and and, and, <laughs> right. and that was it, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, as time went on, obviously um, the need became important for a lot of reasons, uh, and and so. You know, we were in a position where we were just kickstarting stuff, you know, probably the years before I showed up. We were doing a little bit of uh, what what was called uh, crypto, which both includes Vector and Scalar. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. And then um, also some of the trusted execution environment stuff. Uh, But we weren't really actively 
painting the big picture. Now, look, there's there, there are big things out there like trust zone and so on and so forth, and some of it's aspirational and some of it's painting a picture. So we have a framework to put things in, um, and that's really important for the industry. Uh, you know, we're in the process of developing a RISC-V security architecture that encompasses all the important components from the bottom, you know, from, you know, embedded all the way up to data center kind of things. Um, we, we recruited two very strong leaders uh, to run the, the committee that drives security. Uh, one is Andy Dello, who's um, at Huawei as a fellow there, and the other is Manuel Offenberg from Seagate. And they're doing a, just a bang-up job working with really dedicated people. We have you know, a security response team that deals with CERT kind of advisories. Uh, we have a blockchain uh, team that's working on trying to make sure that there aren't gaps in the ISA that could make blockchain work more effectively, or there are things in the software ecosystem that need to be done. But from there, there's, there's um, you know, this, this crypto stuff. And, and originally, so if you take a look at other architectures, they have a vector instruction to do a bunch of the, you know, standard crypto algorithms. Um, and, and we had a little bit of sequentiality to finish the vector spec and then would work on crypto vector. Uh, but we had uh, a gentleman from Bristol, uh, from the university there, who, who said, hey, you know, even if we get it done, it's not going to fit in embedded. Uh, it, the footprint's too big. And he had a really great idea to do crypto scalar. So if you took an AES-128 loop, um, it takes native instructions, just the, the ones that were before crypto, it'd take over a thousand instructions to one do one pass through the loop. Uh, a vector instruction is going to be one instruction, but the cost in, in footprint, in logic space, it's just going to be huge, right? So this guy said, okay, why don't we do crypto scalar? And so he created scalar instructions to do things that are implementable embedded, still in order of magnitude faster than the native instructions. Um, uh, so 75 instructions instead of a thousand, right? Um, and, and so that got ratified and very exciting. And that's actually novel for RISC-V. And it's going to, you know, enhance the ability in embedded to do the right thing. Uh, from there, things like control flow integrity, uh, microarchitecture, side channel attacks, uh, more um, you know memory protection based stuff. So there's there's just a huge set of efforts uh, that are going on. And what we do inside of RISC Five now is we have special interest groups that have continuity. They do strategy gaps and prioritization, and they're the ones that decide what's important. And then they request from the steering committee to create a task group to do an. ISA extension or to do some kind of uh, software spec or something like that. And they get that done, they get in and they get out. But long term, it's those special interest groups, it's the committees that go ahead and prosecute the long term, uh, you know, viability, the long term robustness uh, of the solutions that are needed by our members. Okay. Yeah. Once again, it, it, I mean, the, the, that community driven, that's terrific. So it sounds like, I mean, you know, it, it is also a high priority within, um, you know, within the committees, within the technical groups and the special interest groups within risk five. Well, it's, it's not only that, but we also, Chris and I, you know, we re-architected the organization a bit. We wanted it to be scalable, number one. Mm -hmm. uh, when I came, there was maybe about 15 groups. There's now 44 groups, um, and, and, and it has grown in lots of areas. Uh, it does two things. One is it helps us go ahead and, and do the things I just talked about, which is create the strategy, the gaps, the prioritization. But the other thing is these committees 
are responsible for signing off on everything that goes out the door. So if you're going to go do vector, security has to sign off, right? Because you don't want to be adding some kind of attack in. Uh, the same thing's uh, true with software. You don't want to go ahead and you know implement something uh, in an ISA and then require that you know the the reader has to do an exercise in porting a hundred thousand lines of some library in order to make it useful, right? <laughs> right. And, and so so those uh, committees, the chairs, the vice chairs, have to scrutinize everything before. A plan is approved before it goes to public review and before it's ratified to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. So it's a checkpoint as well. Okay, yeah. So it becomes a gate as well as the as you know it says that back end gate as well as that front end vision of what that particular committee is responsible for. So it literally is soup to nuts on you know on whatever uh, you know whatever topic it, they they are responsible for. Yeah, planning and checks and balances. It's it's just mm-hmm. really great. Sounds like it's working well, and it sounds like it's, it'll be an efficient way to do things. You know, I think it's really hard when you start talking about the world we're in, where there are so many things that matter, um, that you really need to have people with disparate um, skill sets uh, to have mm-hmm. eyes on things. Right. Yep. Completely agree. As we talked about, one of the most exciting things about the RISC-V ISA is its versatility and how it will enable a wide variety of applications, including machine vision. For the embedded developer, Seed Studio has created the Gapwino Gap 8 Developer Kit based on the Gap 8 MCU from GreenWaves Technology. The Gap 8 is a multi-core RISC-V processor designed to execute image and audio algorithms with extreme energy efficiency. The kit includes the Arduino Uno-compatible mainboard, along with the Arduino Shield format sensor board and a low-power QVGA image sensor. Get started at mauser.com slash EIT22-2. So you had mentioned, you know, all the work that you're doing. I mean, all the, the, the technical work. Um, to you, Mark, I mean, what does a successful 2022 and even beyond, what, but starting with 2020, what does a successful 2022 look like for you, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, potential extensions or even, you know, the growth of the market itself? Well, I, I have to tell you, I mean, for me, um, I, I like to have very simple means tests. Like when you start getting complex, it gets too hard to grade yourself. Uh, the, the one thing that matters more than anything else is, is RISC-V cores deployed because success begets success. Uh, adoption right. begets adoption. So everything, it, it goes back to that. Um, the proliferation of successfully deployed RISC-V cores, that's got to be number one. Um, mm-hmm. Number two... Uh, in in my mind, is uh, getting people involved in Risk Five, right? And you know, oh, I, okay, yeah. You know, I I spend probably a third of my time in planning, a third of my time in day to day execution, and my third of my time in outbound. And the outbound is you know you're talking to prospects or or to uh, analysts or or you know press or mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's sure. really I'm sort of the, the chief technical evangelist inside of RISC Five, and and so so that piece is really critical. And it goes from you know everywhere from students. We want them 
you know, inculcated in 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 the in the uh, uh, the the cult of Risk Five or the culture of Risk Five, uh, and we want them excited about it. We want them to innovate with Risk Five, and so we're doing. Right. You know, for example, we're trying to seed a thousand dev boards uh, to academia, distros, and early adopters by June of 2022. And so, mm-hmm. so you know, I've started a bunch of programs, and that's one of them. Uh, and then, you know, the third thing is, you know, setting priorities and and accomplishing things, you know, don't peanut butter spread your resources, get those things that everybody agrees is most important, make it clear to everybody, right. we can't do everything, it just doesn't work, right? Right. Um, and, and um, you know, people have, have relief valves, they, they have the non-standard extensions, they can add themselves if they need something quicker. Uh, but in the meantime, we want something to, to, to move forward there. And then finally, <clears throat> because we came from this this thing that I described before, where we mostly had ISA architects and we didn't really have software developers or ecosystem developers, there are still some Mm -hmm. pieces that I really want to see us find a concerted effort you know, for example, in optimizers, right? Other architectures have spent hundreds of person years, and every year they probably spend 20 to 40 person years uh, improving their optimizers that are dedicated to those processors. So we're working on recruiting partners to go ahead and do big pieces of this. It has to be people with who are willing to, to be doing this for a long time. There needs to be continuity. It's not a hit and run kind of thing. And there has to be a, a, enough people around in order to pull the stuff off. You can't have one person from one company and one person for another company. And so we're working right. on making that happen as well. Lots of areas I mean, well, for you to be focusing on between the... Uh, I, I didn't realize you, you you did as much outreach as you did, um, as you do, excuse me. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think you're the perfect person to do it. I can, I, you know, once again, just in the, in the times that, uh, that I've talked to you, I, I can really truly feel that passion. And, you know, obviously you've got the technical expertise to be able to answer, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, all my questions, plus I'm sure, you know, quite a bit more in depth, especially at the university level and whatnot. Yeah, and and it's been a joy. You know, I had no uh, clue at how big this was when I took the job, and so uh, so so, you know, I was very pleased to find the momentum you describe uh, behind it, and uh, the interest and. Um, you know, everybody's interested. I mean, we just heard from from Intel uh, working with Sci Five and and doing a fab to do do Risk Five stuff. Uh, you, you know, we've again, you know, we've we've talked with Amazon and FreeRTOS and Google and Open Titan. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other um, nonprofit sister organizations like Open Hardware and Chips Alliance and Low Risk. So so there's just a you know a lot of different uh, things in motion that are, I think, together uh, creating this uh, wonderfully perfect storm and making Risk Five uh, adopted, successful, and uh, interesting for a lot of folks. We really appreciate you being with us, and, and you know, and, and really, you know, giving a lot of the detailed information um, to our, our to our listeners and to our customers that. Uh, um, you know that, that that may not get just from reading stuff in media, and I think that it just that, that your level of insight and the level of detail that you have is, is is terrific. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Mark. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Tech Between Us. Remember, this podcast is just one part of our original and ongoing content series, empowering innovation together. You can find videos, articles, and more on Risk Five at mauser.com slash empowering dash innovation. And don't forget to join us for our next episode when we talk immersive technologies.